Would you uh, turn with me this morning, please, to the book of Peter, 1 Peter. Thank you, Lord. We're beginning a new series this morning, and I'm excited about it. I'm pumped about it. I believe you will be, too. And I would uh, ask you to believe with me. You understand if you've been in this very long that uh, utterance, what kind of services we have and what kind of teaching and preaching comes out of your ministers, uh, is greatly affected by the hearer. You know, Paul said on more than one occasion, he said, I would have gone into this or that. He said, but you weren't able to hear it. So it wasn't just the issue that God didn't give him the revelation. It's that he didn't release him to minister it to him because he said, you were not ready for it. And so much of that has to do with growing and developing. How many have ever uh, listened to a set of tapes or read uh, a good book about the Word or read the Word itself and maybe read the same thing for years and then you read it for the 40th time? Right? (laughs) Eight years after you read it that first time or heard it that first time and man saw some things. Saw some things, and it was there all the time. Why didn't you see it the first time? Why didn't you see it the tenth time or the twentieth time? Well, so many times you have to grow. Take natural childhood. How many know that there are things a three-year-old or four-year-old can ask you that is just difficult to answer? You could tell them, but they wouldn't know any more about it after you got through telling them. Why? They're just going to have to develop some, right, in order to comprehend what you're telling them. They're going to have to have some experience and uh, some things to compare it to and relate it to. Well, spiritual things are that way. That's why we need to keep hearing the same word over and over again, because in truth, we won't be hearing the same thing. We'll be seeing new things all the time. Well, in this new series, we're going to pray and release our faith, but we are going to be speaking about the offerings of the Lord. The offerings of the Lord. Let's pray and we'll read this text here. Father, we submit ourselves to you this morning. We reverence your Holy Spirit, our teacher and our guide We reverence and honor your holy word. With it you quicken us. You enlighten the eyes of our heart and understanding. Speak to us exactly what you would. Grant us utterance full, precise, complete. Grant everyone ears that hear and eyes that see and a heart that perceives and understands. And we purpose not to be hearers only or forgetful hearers, but by your grace We commit to being doers, to put into practice what you show us. And we know as we do, we will be blessed because you are faithful to watch over your word and perform it in the life of the doer. Amen. Everybody said out loud, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer doer of the word of God. Now in 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to be reading in verse 5. I'm excited. (laughs) I have an idea of where we're going. Preachers have to watch it. You know, you'll get ahead of yourself because you're wanting to get somewhere. 1 Peter 2 and 5. He says, you also as lively stones. Living stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to do what? To offer up. I'm reading in the New Testament now, right? Why are we living stones? Why are we built up a spiritual house? Why are we made a holy priesthood in order to what? Offer up. 
offer up spiritual sacrifices that are what? Acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Listen to the Amplified. Come and like living stones, be yourselves built into a spiritual house for a holy, dedicated, consecrated priesthood to offer up those spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable and pleasing to God through Jesus Christ. Have we been made unto our God kings and priests? Well, in order to understand the priesthood, you got to go to the Old Testament, right? And you got to see what God gave, which is a type of what is fulfilled now in the New Covenant. But what did priests do? Was one of the main things they did. They offered up sacrifices and offerings on a daily basis. There was a continuous stream of offering up and the people would bring them and the priest would offer them up and they'd offer up uh, burnt offerings, peace offerings, whole burnt offerings, drink offerings, meal offerings. I mean the list goes on and on. But they were in the service of offerings. Are we to be involved with offerings today? Obviously. This is New Testament. We've been made a holy priesthood. What do priests do? They offer up sacrifices and offerings that are acceptable. Why would you use that word? You wouldn't use that qualifier unless that there were those offerings and sacrifices that are not acceptable. Unacceptable. To offer up sacrifices, offerings that are acceptable and the Amplified says pleasing to God. So we're going into a study now with the Holy Ghost of the offerings of the Lord because we want to know if this is what we're supposed to be doing, if we are a new covenant, spiritual priesthood, and a big part of our operation and service is to be offering up spiritual sacrifices, we need to know about it. And uh, I desire to know the will of God on these things. Don't you? When you begin to talk about offerings, so many times people's, uh, their mind just gravitates to money. And there are many, many people that get irritated at the very mention of it. At the very mention of offerings or tithes or giving, they get irritated. I don't mean a few people. I mean a lot of people. Do you know how I know? Personal experience. I've heard about it more than I care to. And uh, I think you believe me when I say, if the Lord spoke to me and revealed to me, Keith, don't say anything else about offerings. You know what Keith would do? I wouldn't say a thing about it. Save me some persecution. Did you hear me? Sure. But in contrast, I believe the Lord's directed us to do this. To delve into this about the offerings of the Lord. And to stay with it until we're rooted and grounded in what He said. As we go further in these things, I think you'll find that so much... Of what is believed and talked and practiced in so many churches is tradition and not the word. It's things that people have gotten used to and they've come to expect and some people have come to accept. But it's not the word. And one reason I said I'm excited because what does the truth do for you? (laughs) It makes you free. I'm convinced, and I'll just go ahead and prophesy to you, that there are many people going to get free. Many people, not just in this place, but all over the place, out from out of here, going to get free in this area. There, There needs to be 
a lot of deliverance from lies and wrong thinking. So we're talking about the offerings of the Lord. Now, if you found something that was mentioned in the Bible 20 times, would you believe that was important? What if it was mentioned a hundred times? What if the same thing was mentioned 500 times? Would it be important? What if the same thing was mentioned over a thousand times? That's how many references there are to offerings. Over a thousand references to offerings in the Bible. And why do you have a lot of people say, I wish they wouldn't talk about offerings. (laughs) These are ignorant folks. Right? Ignorant of the Bible. Ignorant of the will of God. Because in all those thousand plus references of talking about offerings, who was talking about offerings? Oh, it's something, I mean, to go back and look at how much detail the Lord went into with his people about you'll have this offering and you do it this way and you do this offering and you do it this way and you don't do it this way and you never do it this way and you always do it this way. Over a thousand references of the Lord saying, this is how I want my offerings. Whose idea is it? This is important. It's majorly important. And I got some answers. (laughs) I got some answers this week on some things that have bugged me in times past. I think we can begin to touch on it some today. But you're believing with me now. Now I'm not just talking, not just today, but throughout this whole series. Would you believe with me for revelation? Believe with me for utterance now? I'm studying. I got a lot more to do. You might imagine. Thousand plus (laughs) references just on that. And I'm going to look at every one of them close. There's revelation. Thank God there's some things we've seen. But there's a lot more that we will see. Believe with me. Expect. Well, let's go back to the book of Genesis. Let's be thorough. (laughs) I said, we're going from Genesis to Revelation. We may. You got something better to do? (laughs) I didn't say we'd do it all today. Genesis, the fourth chapter, we see, to my knowledge... The first offerings, the very first offerings that I'm aware of in the Word of God. And when there's so much revelation here. First of all, let me ask and answer the question, what is an offering? I've looked up a number of words on this, but I like to keep things simple, don't you? What is an offering? Well, the word offering is a compound word, offer-ing. And really it's a thing or something that is offered. The word uh, Hebrew and Greek that's translated this also leaves the idea of a gift or a present. But either one of those things is still something that's offered. If you give me a gift or if I come to give you a gift... I am offering it to you. Right? So an offering is something offered. But how many understand there's another side to this? Right? Just because something is offered, that does not mean it is accepted. Just because something is offered, that does not mean it is automatically received. There's all kind of things that God is offering humanity. Right? But many are not receiving it. They're not accepting it. Because of ignorance or unbelief or rebellion or any number of reasons. Well, by turning it around, God does not accept all offerings. The more you study this, the more clearly you see it. There, I mean, there are many references where he said... I'm quoting now in Malachi. He said, shall I accept this of your hand? I will not. 
They brought some stuff. He said, I'm not accepting this. God does not accept all offerings. And I'll give you a little clue ahead of time. One of the biggest things that makes the offering acceptable or unacceptable is your heart. It's what's inside you. What is an offering? Something that's offered. What's the other side of that then? Is the offering accepted or not? In Genesis, the fourth chapter, here is the, the reference of the first offerings that's recorded in the word that I'm aware of. Chapter four, Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. So Cain was the firstborn. She again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground like his daddy. He's the firstborn. He took up dad's occupation. Adam was a farmer, tilled the land. But Abel, he went a different direction. He was a herdsman. He didn't just work the land, he had flocks. So they have different occupations. Cain is a farmer, and Abel is a herdsman. And in the process of time, so now you understand that this, uh, you know, these guys are grown men. And they're in their occupation as adults. It came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground a what? An offering to the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings. The what? The firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. Now let's just stop right here. There was no church. Did you hear me? There was no church. There's a handful of people on the planet. Right? How many? I don't know. Probably not over 10, 12, 15. Maybe fewer than that. Just a handful of people. Where did they get this about bringing offerings to the Lord? They didn't learn it at school. There were no universities. Right? Now when they brought these offerings to the Lord, if the way some people believe, they'd have the Lord saying, Oh no, no, I don't care about that. Y'all just take that stuff back. That's just material stuff. I don't care about it. And I just want you talking about spiritual things. I don't want you fooling with all this natural stuff. Did he say that? No. No. Was it acceptable of the Lord for them to bring an offering? Well, the very next phrase says, The Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But to Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. What does that mean? Both of them brought an offering. Both of them brought something that they offered to the Lord. Now listen, friends, here's something very vital. You're going to hear me say it again and again. Our people here at the church and people that joined with us by internet, regulars, there's a couple of things I'm going to instruct you to stop using in your vocabulary and to begin saying it a different way because it has to do with mind renewal. I want you to stop talking about giving to the church. I want you to stop talking about giving to preachers or giving to missionaries or giving to the church. I want you to replace it with talking about giving to the Lord. This is big. This is no small thing. This is a big thing. So much of what happens in churches 
is horizontal. It's this. Man to man. Man looking at man. Man giving to man. It's not okay. And that's why people feel like that they can get irritated when it's offering time and they can get upset and they can do this and that because of that. I'm tired of hearing that preacher talk about that. Forget about the preacher. Well, the church is always needing this and needing that. You don't hear us begging, but forget about the church. You and the Lord. What about your giving to the Lord? Are you with me now? This is the issue. People want to make it something else. They want to do anything they can to wiggle out of this. But this is the bottom line. What about your offerings to the Lord? How many understand that, you know, as far as me looking at you personally, your offerings to the Lord is not really my business. My offerings to the Lord is not really your business. Right? And so I ought not be judging you about whether you're doing good or you're doing bad or what you're doing. That's between you and the Lord. And you ought not be judging me. Right? About what I'm doing. Because it's between us and the Lord. But there's so many people who do nothing. Millions and millions of Christians, they do nothing, and that's why they get upset when it's talked about. Did you hear me? That's why they get upset, because they don't do anything. And the light is showing up, their lack of commitment and their lack of love. You're going to see it crystal clear in this story. Are offerings important? Oh, I knew they were, but as I get into this, I'm thinking, well, you didn't really know. A thousand plus references in the Bible? And the Lord's instruction, continuous stream. There's not just Old Testament, all the way through. We just read in the New Testament, why are we made a holy priesthood under God? Offer up. Not just doing something in the natural, but spiritual sacrifice. How many understand you can bring money in your hand, or you can bring an object in your hand, or a song in your mouth, but it can be a spiritual offering. It's supposed to be spiritual. When it comes from your heart, and it's in faith, then it is. Everything takes on a higher application. The Bible said that they brought these to the Lord. Said out loud, my offerings are not to man. They're to the Lord. They're to the Lord. I've had people refuse offerings from me. And they didn't know it, but they aggravated me. They never knew it. I stayed cool. But it aggravated me. You might say, Why? Well, because of their ignorance. I didn't start this yesterday. I could make a mistake like anybody else, but I endeavor to be led. And a lot of times, by the time that I get to the place where I've committed to do something, I've looked at it, I've searched my heart, I've prayed, and believe it's the direction of the Lord. I wasn't just giving to them. They were receiving it, but I was giving it to the Lord. And by them saying, no, I can't receive that. One fellow told me, he said, no, that's too nice. I don't want something that expensive. Because he had a problem with prosperity. Did you hear me? He had a problem. He didn't want anybody seeing him have something that they knew cost that much money, irrespective that he didn't pay a penny for it. What would people think? You know, there's something more important than what people might think. It's what the Lord knows. Is he pleased? See, I'm telling you, so much of what happens with money and offerings is man to man. Person, human to human. It's not vertical. That's why you've heard us time after time. We bring our offerings. And what do we do? 
We hold them up. I say, don't look at us. Don't look at the church. We're giving to who? Our giving's to the Lord. But that must become more real to us. Much, much, much more. And if somebody says, no, they believe they're directed to the Lord to sow something to you, many times you'll have to humble yourself to receive it. But realize that these things are holy. And if the Lord really dealt with them to do it, even if you don't think you wanted it, (laughs) there's more going on here than this. Did you hear me? Are you going to deny them sowing to the Lord? People do. They have. Again, because of ignorance and pride. Number of things. Both of them brought their offering to the Lord. Everybody say, to the Lord. To the Lord. But there's no description of Cain's offering. Just said he brought some stuff. Right? That's all it said. He brought some stuff. Now, some people try to say, well, what happened is Cain brought vegetables and stuff, and he should have brought a blood sacrifice. I don't see that. Nothing is said about sacrifice for sin. They didn't have any revelation of the law or any of that. No, it just said they brought a what? An offering. Well, that's Cain's occupation. Right? So that's certainly reasonable. I mean... It'd be foolish to suppose they had any currency or that they had any money. This was their substance. He had crops. Abel had sheep. So he brings his crops. But his crops were nothing to write home about of what he brought, I'm saying. His offering was nothing remarkable. It was nothing outstanding. It was just some vegetables. And by reason of it not being on his description, it must not have been the first. It must not have been the best. So what would it have been? If it wasn't the first and it wasn't the best, what was it? Seconds. Leftovers. Right? It wasn't his best. Right? He just brought something. Oh, but Abel, we already know which sheep Abel got. (laughs) Yeah, y'all know. Abel looked across his herds, and it was time to prepare his offering. There's no church, but there's God. He realizes God made him. He realizes God gives him his every breath. He realizes that his prosperity and his sheep multiplying and being healthy and being spared from predators. No, he realizes that's God's blessing. And it's time to prepare his offering. So he's looking for the Lord's sheep. Huh? And he looked over at Ray Ray and he's a good sheep. But you know, he's, he's not exactly symmetrical. I mean, he's, and he looked over here at Boo Boo and she's a good sheep, but she's got a little flaw here. And he looking over and then he saw Fluffy. He, he saw, and Fluffy is perfection. Fluffy is, you look in the dictionary by sheep, and Fluffy's picture is there. (laughs) Fluffy is whatever sheep wants to be. Beautiful color, beautiful symmetry, beautiful everything, beautiful, perfect development. And, of course, how many understand, that's the most expensive one. That's your best. That's your breed stock. Right? And it was not just the best, it was the first. I'm going to say something here that you may have to think about, and I'm going to give you some more input later on. But nothing is said about tithes, tithes in this passage. This passage does not deal with tithes. 
Somebody said, well, the first fruit. No, a first fruit is not a tithe. Now, there was a time many years ago I thought it was. But don't, you know, don't be concerned. I'm going to give you probably a hundred scriptures for it before it's over with. Not necessarily today. But this is not a tithe passage. Tithe means tenth. First fruit's a different word and different instruction and different passages. What does first fruit mean? First one. Of the first ones. This was not just one of the best sheep he had. It was the first or one of the first fine sheep he ever had. Did you hear me? The first one. And not just the first one, the best. And he brought Fluffy to the Lord. (laughs) And the Lord looked at Cain's offering. And he looked at Abel's offerings. Does the Lord care about offerings? He could have easily told them, boys, I don't care about this stuff. This is just material stuff. I don't care about it. Just take it home. Don't do this no more. If he'd have wanted to say that, he could have. He didn't. Instead, he gave us another thousand verses. (laughs) On the subject. And it was a deal. It was a big deal. When he looked at Cain's offering. And that's what the word literally means. He looked at it. But having looked at it, he decided not to look at it. He looked at it and then turned away. Somebody says, why? The man brought some stuff. Now see, here's something. We're going to get into this. People think they've hung the moon. Because they dropped a quarter in the plate. Did you hear me? And there's a lot of these offerings the Lord looks at. He doesn't accept it. And people think it's just between men. It's between people and the church and people and the ministers. We've got to get rid of that. It's between you and the Lord. And it's not just money. We're going to see this, that they're all kind of things. How many understand our praise is an offering? Our worship. And you may not consider yourself the best natural singer with technical ability. That's not what makes it acceptable or unacceptable that you hit all the notes right. And it's not how big of a check you write. Right? What is it? It's your heart. But can you give with the right heart when you know you're not even trying? Think about what we're saying now. What was wrong with Cain's offering? See, God, see, some people would have had a problem with that. Especially if it was a preacher instead of God. If the preacher said, no, I don't want your offering. What's wrong with my offering? Well, God knows. He looks right through everything and he sees your heart. And he knows you're just going through the motion. You don't care. You didn't try to honor God. And he says, "Mm mm-mm. And when he did not accept Cain's offering, what happened? For years now, I've tried to figure out in my mind, why do people get so mad about this? I've had people meet me in the parking lot. And act like they're going to try to hit me. Just furious about me saying something about money and about offering. I mean, just fit like they're going to blow a fuse. And it wasn't until this week, looking at this, did you hear me? That I began to realize, well, that's what happened to him. Right? Cain became furious over what? Over an offering. Oh, do you see this, friends? Do you see this? Well, offerings are not that important, says you. Cain became furious. Let's read it. 
It said that God the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But to Cain and his offering, he had not respect. Now let's just stop right here before we go further. Hold your place there and turn with me to the book of Hebrews. Because we have a passage in Hebrews 11 about this. Remember that? Which gives us New Testament detail into how Abel's offering was acceptable and Cain's was not. It tells you why. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 and verse 4. Are you there? What's the first two words? By faith. Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts. Isn't that something? God testified concerning Abel's offering. And by it, he being dead, yet speaks. Abel is still talking in Branson, Missouri this morning through his offering to God. And that's been a while. (laughs) Isn't that something? All of this is over a, an offering. An offering. Listen to the Amplified. Prompted and actuated by faith, Abel brought God a better and more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. Went on to say, God bore witness by accepting and acknowledging his gifts. God acknowledged his offering. And he said, that's good. But was it because Fluffy was so pretty that God accepted his offering? Mm -mm. What made Abel's offering acceptable to God? His faith. Right? His faith made his offering acceptable. So by contrast, why wasn't Cain's acceptable? Obviously, he didn't bring it in faith. Is there any connection in doing the best you know how and faith? Abel brought his best. He brought his first. And he did it in faith. Cain didn't bring his first. He didn't bring his best. And he wasn't in faith. Faith. New Testament offerings. How many remember some folks called Ananias? And Sapphira. New Testament. Swift judgment. I mean on the spot. Fell dead over what? Over an offering. They stood up and they said, this is the offering. We sold this and we've given the whole thing to the church. Well, it's supposed to be to the Lord, right? To the Lord. Well, wouldn't the Lord know where the money came from and how much it was? Was their offering acceptable to the Lord? He said, you've lied to the Holy Ghost. See, again, they thought they're dealing with Peter and John. Can you see this? They thought, you know, well, oh, Peter, he won't know. And the Lord is there watching the offerings. The Lord is there. Receiving or not receiving them. And when they came and brought it and lied to the preachers, the Lord said, you didn't lie to men. You stood up in my face and tried to do that. The offerings of the Lord. These other people like uh, Barnabas. He sold a land and stuff that had been in his family for generations. And he did bring the whole thing and put it into the work of God. That's holy. That's holy. That's precious. God takes that seriously. Why? What's this man saying? He said, this is valuable to me, but you are more valuable to me. 
I love you above everything else. There's nothing more important to me. I'm willing to sacrifice this. I'm willing to sow all this to you. Not to man, to you. And somebody get up and lie about it. What they're doing is they're mocking what people like Barnabas did. God don't stand for that. It was so serious with him. Judgment had to happen immediately. Over and an offering. See, people don't want to talk about these things. They don't want to look at this because it reveals the heart. What made Abel's offering acceptable to God? Tell me again now. Faith. What makes your and my offerings? Whether it's our money in offering time or whether it's something we sow to somebody else or whether it's our life. The Bible said we're to offer up to God our bodies, right? A living sacrifice. What would make any of this acceptable? Without faith, it is impossible to please. You can never please God in an offering that wasn't in faith. And just going through the motion and just throwing something in the plate and tipping God with a dollar when you got all kind of money and stuff, there's no way you can ever please God doing that. Did you hear me? Tell me again, your giving is between you and who? And your offerings are to be to who? To, To him. To him. Now go back to Genesis, please. Thank you, Lord. Genesis chapter 4, verse 4. Abel brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. Now let me just stop right here. Ananias and Sapphira, when the Lord spoke to them through Peter, and he said, why you had this, was it not your own? What's the implication here? You could have done anything you wanted to do with this. The Lord didn't tell you you had to do that. Right? Nobody said you had to sell all that and give all that. But it's your lying. That is the issue. So there's no pressure. And you've, you've been around here very long. You know there's no pressure. We tell people all the time. We're not even asking you to give. Right? We're not. We're not going to start. And so if you feel pressure. Try to look and see where it's coming from. Right? Yes. Where is it coming? It's not coming from me. Did you hear me? And if you get mad about something, you want to make really sure that you're not in the company with this man who got mad about offerings. So mad that he did something terrible. God had respect, let's keep reading, to Abel's offering. But to Cain, he did not. He did not respect his offering. He did not accept his offering. And when he did, what the Bible say? What Cain do? Huh? He became wroth. Now, wroth means furious. Not just a little angry, not just a little ticked off. Furious. That's what I said. I got revelation this last week. Why people get so mad about this stuff? I hadn't seen it till now. But here it is. He became furious and his countenance fell. And the Lord spoke to him. Who's talking to him now? God. He said, why are you so mad? That's a good question that people ought to ask. People get upset about offerings and offering time and talking about money and those things. Why are you so mad? It just irks me. These preachers talking about money. Irks me. Why? Why does it make you so mad? I just don't like to hear them talk about it. I was talking about it. And you know, these poor people don't have any money. And these people tell them that they ought to give. And I barely got anything and I'm barely surviving. And they're trying to get me to give it away. 
Who's trying to get you to give it away? Not us. Them preachers. I can't stand it. Look how they live. Look what they've got. Where'd that come from? Well, you know where it came from. Do you know? How would you know? There are people that have misappropriated funds. Not just preachers. (laughs) Doctors and lawyers and mayors and policemen and firemen and politicians, right? And it's wrong. It's not right. No. But what if some preacher did take up an offering for one thing and spend it on theirself? What if they did? What's that got to do with you and the Lord? Don't go to their church. (laughs) Simple. Don't put money in their ministry. But that's no excuse for you to sit around and gripe and find fault and judge and do nothing. Which is what millions are doing. You see where the Lord directs you to go and you hook up with the people. How many of the Holy Ghost is not going to lead you to hook up with a bunch of crooks? He's going to leave. If you'll follow him, he's going to lead you to the people that have integrity. Right? And when he does, you get in there. And you give. You sow and you minister to the Lord. And don't judge anybody else. I just don't trust them. There's people I don't trust either. And I don't send them any checks. (laughs) But I don't judge them either. That's between them and the Lord. I don't know their business. I don't know their books. I just know the Lord hadn't led me to send any money. But there are people and there are works that he has hooked me to. And the money flows. And it's going to flow more. But I'm not just giving to them. Hmm? They are the Lord's. They are his people. They are his work. They're doing his work. So I'm giving to him. My offerings are to him. And when it's that way, even if they made a mistake in how they spent some of the money, that's between them and the Lord. I did what the Lord told me to do. Did you hear me? And if I do it with the right heart, he has respect unto my offering and accepts my offering. And I'll be blessed. You'll be blessed. How many like this so far? Are you okay? Hmm? This is important. Can you sense the seriousness of it? Can you sense the weightiness of it? Cain was very wroth. He became furious. Over what? Over an offering. And his countenance fell. And the Lord said to Cain, Why? Are you wroth? Why are you so furious? And why is your countenance fallen? And that's a question that everybody ought to ask themselves. Ask yourself if you ever get irritated or aggravated about money or somebody talking about money or offerings. You need to be real honest. Get yourself by the ear. Drag yourself over in front of your mirror and say, what are you so mad about? What's going on? Why does that irk you so bad? He said, verse 7, if you do well, shall you not be accepted? What's the Lord telling him? How many know the Lord is good? He's not trying to keep people out. What's he telling him? He's telling him, if you just make a few adjustments, I'll accept your offering. Right? If you just make some adjustments. If you do right, you do good. So what do we know by this statement? Was he trying to do right? No, he was not. In fact, First John said he was wicked. You got to understand, people haven't read this right. They think, well, bless his heart. He, you know, he did what he knew. He brought his vegetables, and no, he didn't. Amen. No, this is not a simple technical mistake. His heart was not right. He didn't care. He just going through the motion. 
And God didn't accept it because God knows your heart. He said, no, I'm not accepting that offering. Abel brought Fluffy in. He said, yeah, now that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I will accept that. In fact, I respect that, Abel. That's good. And, of course, Cain obviously heard this and saw this. And it made him so mad. He was ready to bite nails in two. And the Lord looked at him right there on the spot. He said, what's wrong with you? What you so been out of shape about? Why are you so furious? If you'll do good, I'll accept your offering. Just get it straight. Make some changes. He said, if you do not well, you refuse to listen to me right now. How many know God knows the future? He knows the end from the beginning. He said, if you don't, sin is lying or crouching at the door. Sin is right here. How many know when you get mad and you get bent out of shape like that, is it still true today? Sin is at the door. You get so mad and so bitter. The wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. Listen to another translation. I like the way it brings it out here. In the uh, NIV, he says, if you do what's right, will you not be accepted? If you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you. But you must master it. The Amplified says, sin is crouching at your door. Its desire is for you. But again, it says, you must master it. You must overcome it. Doesn't that sound like other passages of Scripture? Where the Lord, you know, told Peter, he said, Satan has desired to sift you like wheat. Right? Concerning Job, the enemies desired to get to him. He said, the devil's at the door. Was he? We know the rest of the story. What was in the making? A murder. The first murder. Over what? Like I said, I'm getting light. <laughs> As to why people get so bent out of shape. Why well, it goes all the way back to here. He said, what's wrong with you? Why are you so mad about this man's offering? If God accepts somebody's offering... And blesses them profusely. What is our response? Glory to God. What if they pass you like a rocket? (laughs) And have more income in a month than you did in the last three years put together. Now see you got a choice don't you? Especially if it's somebody you know. Especially if it's somebody close to you. Especially if somebody been saved five years less time than you. You helped them get started, and now they done passed you. Could you get bent out of shape? Would the enemy tempt you to be envious or jealous? Well, I guess so. We've had people tell us about the church. You know? Well, you know, it's no wonder y'all, you know, so many people so quick. They had this, and. And they had these other people. And they had these folk that helped them. And they had this. Whoa. Thank God. But God will help you too. Right? He's no respecter of persons. After what? You'll be making excuses why you won't ever have it. No. Somebody gets a better car than you. It's time to, to shout. So, whoo, man, man, I'm glad for you. And mean it. And mean it. Go on, brother. Tell me how you did it. Right? Tell me what you did. Because how many understand when God is blessing somebody and they're increasing and increasing and they're coming up and up and up, they can't do that on their own. God is prospering them. He's promoting them. He must have accepted their offerings. Right? Don't you second guess it. Don't you judge it. You try to find out. <laughs> well, Lord, how many understand what Cain should have been doing? He should have talked to Abel, all right, but not like he did. Abel is baby brother. 
Can you see what's working here? See, the devil is always trying to breathe his nature into people. His nature is pride and rebellion. And one of the primary manifestations of pride and rebellion is anger. You see this? Why people get so rubbed the wrong way? What do you mean you accepted my baby brother's offering and you didn't accept my... I'm the firstborn. I'm a farmer like daddy. So? Your offering stinks. It's a little pitiful thing. It's not out of your heart. You didn't try to do anything to honor God. How many understand this didn't have to go this way? He could have said, Abel, what would you do? Well, you know, I started to give this one, but I thought, you know, that's not good enough for the Lord. And I started to give, you know, boo-boo over there and Ray-Ray. But you know, he's got that ear that flops over a little bit. And, and, and boo-boo, you know, one leg's a little bit long. You can't see it till you get real close. But I found Fluffy. And I thought, oh, Fluffy, Fluffy. Yeah. And I just knew in my heart that that was the one. Hmm? And he could have seen that he didn't do that. He just took something he was about to throw away anyway. Did you hear me? Brought it over. Why? Because we're just giving it to the Lord. The Lord can't eat it. <laughs> now you might think that's funny. But that's what a whole chapter is devoted to in Malachi. Well, they said, you know, what a weariness it is. Why bring anything nice to the church? Because, you know, what's God's going to do? Is he going to wear it? Well, when his people put it on, he's wearing it. When his people eat it, he's eating it. When his people drive it, he's driving it. When his people live in it, he's living in it. Did you know that? Is that scripture? Inasmuch as you've done it unto the least of these, my brethren, he said, you did it to me. He takes it personally. You know, you can buy the Lord lunch today. You could pay off the Lord's car or make a payment on the Lord's car. You could make a payment on the Lord's house. You could buy the Lord a new dress or new suit of clothes. I know it sounds funny, but you can. You can. And even though a person is receiving it, you're doing it to him, under him. Hallelujah. He said, if you do well. Won't you be accepted? But if you don't, sin is at the door. And Cain, verse 8, he talked with Abel, his brother. What did he talk to him about? He was mad. He was furious. Obviously, he berated him, came down on him, and Abel didn't agree with him. Probably Abel tried to talk to him and said, no. Well, no, you're offering, you know, where would the Lord accept your offering and not mine? He said, well, I don't know, but he will. God loves you. You can get it right. Ask him. He'll tell you. But that wasn't good enough. He couldn't stand that there was more blessing on baby brother. He couldn't stand it. That baby brother had the favor of God and was accepted and he was not. And he got so furious and so bent out of shape that he reached up his hand and hit him. And implications are that he cut his throat. There's a handful of people on the planet. There's four, five, ten people and they're all family. This is his brother. Hadn't been that long ago, mom and daddy was in the Garden of Eden. And here's his baby brother, laying on the ground, blood everywhere. Over what? Do you see that? Over an offering. Verse 9. The Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? He said, I don't know. Liar. Amen. How many can see what's happening? He has taken on the characteristics of the devil. Yeah. 
He's a liar. He's a murderer. Is that right? How many understand the devil wants to breathe that into everybody on the planet? He wants every one of us to be liars and thieves and murderers and destroyers. And if you yield to him, whether it's a little degree or large, you become like him. Oh, but the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit will make us like Jesus if we yield to him. Truth tellers, givers, those who love. Hallelujah. That's us. That's us. We have nothing to do with the devil and his stuff. We're not going to be like Cain. We're like Abel. Right? He said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries to me from the ground. The Bible said the life of the flesh is in the blood. And the life of his blood was crying out. Go with me to 1 John. Let's get ready to wind this up today. I've gone a little bit extra here, but you know, y'all are pretty good hooked today. This is going all right. How many believe that this is the Lord's direction for us right now? Can you sense his hand on it? Absolutely. 1 John. 1 John 3 tells us more detail about what happened here over this offering. 1 John 3, 11. This is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of the wicked one, and slew his brother. Cain was of what? The wicked one. And notice this. Wherefore slew he him? Here's the question. Why did he kill him? We got the answer right here. Why did he kill him over this offering? What's the answer? Because his, Cain's own works were evil. And his brothers were righteous. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. I said, I got my answer. Do you see it, what I'm talking about? I got my answer. Why people have gotten so mad and so upset. Why? Because when we get a hold of this thing. And we bring our offerings. We bring our fluffies before the Lord. We love God with all our heart and our soul, our mind, our strength and our pocketbook. Everything we are and everything we have. And we bring it with faith. It shows up what other people are not doing. Did you hear me? It reveals. Let me just back up a little bit. Why didn't Cain bring an offering like Abel did? Why didn't he? He could have from the start. Why didn't he? He cared more about his stuff than he did God. Rich young ruler. Remember him? The Lord told him, liquidate what you got, sow it all to the poor over there, and come follow me. He didn't do it. Why? Well, it shows why the Lord told him to do that. It revealed he loves that stuff more than he loves pleasing God. People don't want to see that. They don't want to look at that. That's why they don't want you talking about money. Amen. Are you with me now? Yes. And that's why when some of this comes out, like Cain, they get so mad. Why? Because our obedience reveals their disobedience. Yes. Our wholeheartedness reveals their half-heartedness. Yes. Did you see it? And it makes them mad. It makes them hate us. But he said, don't marvel about it. Jesus said, they hated me. Right? <laughs> they hated me, they'll hate you. What if they get so mad they want to kill you like Cain killed Abel? Well, heaven's nice. <laughs> we trust God. Nobody can touch us till we finish our course. But even at that, life is short anyway. He said his own works were evil and his brother Abel's were righteous. Stand up on your feet, why don't you? Let's pray this out loud before the Lord. 
Oh, Lord, I thank you for helping us get started today. Lord, you've been so good to us, so gracious. These are your words. We reverence them. We adore you. We worship you. Just lift up your hands and tell the Lord that you love him. Lord, we love you with all of our heart and our soul, our mind, our strength. Said out loud, Father God, reveal to us the full truth of all these things. Thank you for what you've already begun to show us. We take it to heart. We treasure it. Reveal to us and enable us that we may love you with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength, that we may as your holy priesthood offer up sacrifices and offerings that please you, that are acceptable to you. Thank you for showing us how. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.